This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Wednesday morning, everybody. We're back live here, and I am Glenn the Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings from Norman, oh, uh, not from here, in Norman, Oklahoma. And you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for February 27th. Can't let it go, episode. Can you? <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> Sorry. I, I can't, oh, I can't claim I it. I know that too. <laughs> <sighs> Coming at you live in Norman, Oklahoma. <laughs> It's February 27th. Temporarily, she has anything to do with it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, it says the high today is 29, okay? But it feels like, drumroll, 17. Why would you not just say it's 17? Why do you have to tell me it feels like 17? Because it is 17. I agree. What, What is that? What is wind chill? It feels like it, then it isn't. Enough said. Today's episode is brought to you by Horselovers.com. Good morning, Horse World. Big Wednesday. The day you face your own biggest challenge. The day you risk it all. The day you either distinguish yourself or fade into the crowd. Hang on, we're hitching a ride. Daddy, I want another pony. I put 40 hours in this week. And man, it's only Wednesday. I've been cussing this damn heat all day long. There's got to be another way. They do that in Florida, too, in the summertime, the heat index. Yeah, it's 95, but it feels like 102. It's, it's 102. 102. <laughs> exactly. God. Hey, like, hey, my face just melted when I walked outside. Can you just say face-melting temperature? It's face-melting. <laughs> That's all you need to say. Dry, suck the moisture out of your eyeballs, Arizona temperature. That's what it is. <laughs> it really was. I, I, I went out to visit you one time in the summer, and having lived in Florida where it's always so humid, where you walk outside and you sweat instantly, it was so weird to go to Arizona. It really was. It sucks equally. Okay. <laughs> no, what say. really sucks, let's <laughs> throw all that aside. What really sucks, our auditors are posting pictures of their snow. Oh my God, that just sucks. You guys have so much snow. I can't even imagine. Anyway, there is a news story that uh, finished yesterday. We talked about it uh, probably last month sometime. Remember Hugo Chavez's old bodyguard was arrested. He was the former treasurer of Venezuela, and he was sentenced to 10 years in prison for bribery and money laundering. Well, remember he had a farm in Wellington. And he had jumpers. And that's how he was stealing from the government while he was treasurer of Venezuela. And he had stolen, they say, they think over a million dollars in bribes and just, you know, stealing money. And the way he was washing the money was through horses in his farm in Wellington. So when the government arrested him... Because <laughs> you can just lose money in horses exactly. and nobody questions <laughs> anything. That's right, because it's normal. So they, when they repossessed all of his stuff, uh, they also took his horses. And he had some really good horses. 
There's jumpers down there. So they had the auction online over the last couple of days. It ended yesterday, and this is how it ended up. The most expensive horse sold was a horse named Hard Rock Z, a stallion who jumped in the meter 60 at the Olympics, and that one sold for 282000 uh, they had several of them in the 200,000-plus range. Um, and so the way it ended up is most of the horses sold. There were a few of the 14 horses. Eight were sold in the first round. Six others didn't reach the minimum price that had, the government had established. So what happens now is the government goes back, or they go back to the marshal's office and say, what do you want to do with these? And the marshal's office can decide, okay, I'll just take those bids. I don't care. I just want to get rid of these horses. But uh, the rest of the horses went, the low was 44000 all the way up to 101000 thousand on the remaining horses so the low was forty four thousand not too bad um i really think that the government should reconsider (laughs) (laughs) take the bids uh take the money yeah it'll cost them more than that now these have all been in training since this happened which was a while ago by some anonymous trainers apparently the trainers didn't want their name put out there that they've been working with these horses probably because it was Hugo Chavez, and he still they has friends. They don't want to get murdered exactly. by the Venezuelan <laughs> exactly. government. I don't exactly. blame them. Exactly. The same reason that the uh, Humane Society used to bring us horses that they repossessed when we lived in Pennsylvania. We were back a farm, back a mile-long lane, and you couldn't see it from the road. So they would occasionally bring horses by that they needed to hide uh, because we were off the road, and so nobody could drive by and see their horse and come and steal them back. So we had that job for a while. It's a that's probably why. Gambler. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> so that's what went on with the auction. They uh, Some people spent some bucks on those horses. Jemmy, what is coming up on today's show? Well, on today's show in our horse health report, Dr. Molly comes on to discuss equine metabolic syndrome, what EMS is, and the latest and what they're doing to figure it out. Versatile rider Sarah Sanders, not Sarah Sanders, writer Sarah Sanders, joins in with an update on the Illinois State Fair. Jamie brings us a whole lot of random Oklahoma moments, and Glenn shares the latest and studies show, so you don't want to miss any of it. It's going to be a packed show as always today, guys. And speaking of today, today is National Strawberry Day. So the question is, who's taking the healthy route and eating them fresh, and who's doing it like me and piling up a mountain of whipped cream on top of a slice of strawberry cheesecake? <laughs> Both. <laughs> Sounds good, actually. You're making me hungry. Well, happy birthday goes out to John Mincotta, who is the big boss over at Horse Lovers, who is our title sponsor today. And it also happens to be his birthday today. So John's a good guy. Uh, I see him all the time when I'm out at various events. Uh, happy birthday, John. And also to Tony Troyer, who we had on the show last Friday about the Illinois Horse Fair and one of our longtime listeners. And happy birthday to Tony. Good to, good to have you both on board today on the show, actually. Well, my daily winnie goes out to, and I, you know what? They said make friends. I need to make friends in Oklahoma to be happy. And I made a friend, and I'm Yay! so happy. Yay! The whining and, will stop. And she left. 
What? So she, <laughs> she's gone. I <laughs> uh, made friends with Jocelyn Russell. The, 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 but you guys sent me to go check out this Secretariat statue. It happened to be Norman. You heard the interview on Monday. And after that interview, we like totally hit it off and became friends. And I've, I've gone to visit while she's been working and hanging out and her husband is really cool. And Chad's hung out, hung out with him. And we're like, we have friends. Jamie has left. a friend. And they left yesterday. They actually live like in Northwest Washington state. So <laughs> it's cold and snowy up there too. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. We may visit though. It's a nice place to vacation in the summer. So uh, anyway, so she, I went la- last night was their last night and they were leaving. And so is the statue uh, went- done. It's, it's almost pretty much done. So she was like kind of doing some stuff. She's, she cut off Ronnie's hands and is taking them on a trip and then she'll bring the hands back. She wasn't happy with the hands? She didn't like the hands. She just cut them off. They say, did she say this? Sculptors say hands are the, one of the toughest things to sculpt. I would imagine because she's just not been happy, but I was walking around. She's like, if you see anything, let me know. And I mean, I went over with a fine tooth comb and I was like, Hey, um, what are these little dots on his left hind foot? She's like, what are you talking about? She leans down. Oh my gosh. Some of the clay dripped down and left like little clay droplets on his left hind leg and foot. <laughs> and she's like, do you want to take care of it? Hell yeah, I do. So she gives <laughs> me some tools and shows me how to do it. And I like fixed. I saved secretariat. Okay, I fixed his hind left leg. You were playing got... veterinarian. I, I was like, I was a veterinarian and an artist at the same time. <laughs> Which who can claim that? So anyway, it was really fun, and I got to do a little bit of like uh, the texturing and like pulling those off, and then like taking the little paintbrush and and she basically has all the clay and crock pots, and you did a little paintbrush in there and just, you put it up the leg and oh, you like paint it on, huh? Yeah, it was really cool. That's how you kind of get that texture. And it was really awesome. And I was just really happy. And now my friend is gone. Did I I see that Lucas was along too and got to play in the clay? Yeah. So my mom and Lucas came by. um, She she had invited me over for lunch at the the thing. So I went to lunch and my mom came the next day. And so she's like, well, bring her over and Lucas too. So they could see it because people kind of come and go out of there. And so we went over and looked at it and she gave Lucas a ton of clay, like a handful. And he sculpted something and he loved it so much that then she last night gave him like three bricks, like <laughs> three bricks worth of clay and had that. And um, last night, funny thing, Lucas came in our room crying. He's like crying. And I was like, what's wrong, dude? He's, I broke all my statues. Like, what? <laughs> What do you mean? You broke all your statues. It's like, I broke all my statues. Like, what statues? What are you talking about? The ones I made out of clay. I'm like, bud, you're dreaming. Wake up. That didn't happen. You didn't make anything. Complete dream that he had made all these statues. That he <laughs> <laughs> Little guy. I was like, hey, wake up. The clay. I had a, I had I had a to picture of secretary and pieces on the ground. After. <laughs> <laughs> I broke all my statues that I made out of the clay you brought me last night at 9 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to take him in the kitchen and like show him the brick of clay that he has not sculpted yet. <laughs> it was really cute. Anyway, Isn't it amazing, so- though, with kids especially how vivid their dreams are? 
Oh my gosh. I mean, he like he was convinced that his statues that he had made were broken. I mean, sometimes <laughs> we wake up and, and you really have to think about did that happen or not? You know? Yeah. I can't imagine how scary that is for kids. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, the, well, there you go. I at least uh, I had a friend for a couple of days. Now she's gone. Said, now she's gone. <laughs> Oh, well, listeners, you had a reprieve for about four minutes, and now that's over. And now I'm crazy again. You're welcome. (laughs) So let's go to our first guest. Uh, We have coming up on the show somebody who is actually going to be a clinician at this weekend at the Illinois Horse Fair. We've been talking about that over the last couple of days. She is into all kinds of riding. She has even done the Tevis and and, uh, a bunch of other things. Uh, And we're having her on because we're going to find out what she's doing uh, this weekend and what she's talking about. And also... I found out she has her own line of saddles, so we'll talk about that, too. We have Sarah Sanders on. Hi, Sarah. Hi, how are you? Good. So good to have you on. So, uh, you know, we do the endurance episode. You might have heard it with Karen Chatton here, and then I saw you had done Tevis. So, obviously, you you either rode Tevis on something other than Arabian, or you've had experience with Arabians in the past. Uh, I have a lot of experience with Arabians. We actually breed a rare strain of Arabian called a Saudi desert bred Arabian. And I'll actually be doing some discussions about those types of horses at the Illinois horse fair this year. So what makes them different? What makes them, I don't know the different breeds of Arabian. So fill us in. Right. Yeah. So what's special about this horse is all lines of their pedigree trace back to Saudi Arabia. And these horses have been DNA classified as a breed within the breed. So we're really excited to kind of show people you know, we kind of consider them the foundation of Arabian horses. Does it? Do they have traits that are better than than other bred Arabians? You know, it's just it's just kind of more of the old school style of Arabian. You know, nowadays we've got a lot of beautiful show ring Arabian horses, and these horses are better for endurance, a better for sport horse type things. You know, their face is just a little less dished. Uh, they tend to have a little bit bigger cannon bones. Um, so it's basically just kind of like the all-terrain vehicle of the Arabian horse. Ah, got it. Well, that's cool. Uh, yeah. And you, you, what other breeds ha- have you or do you have? I've worked with every breed of horse. So I was very fortunate as a young girl, you know, growing up, I wanted to be a horse trainer just like everybody else, I think. And so I, I was working at a farm where they had all breeds of hor- horses Gated horses, ponies, draft horses, quarter horses, Arabians, off-the-track thoroughbreds. So I was very fortunate to spend the last 20 years having a lot of different experiences, and I feel like we can really help people with the biomechanics behind riding. I, I, you, you have a program called Ride with Excell- Excellence, and it, it does involve biomechanics. So kind of explain that uh, for somebody. I mean, we all kind of have an idea of what biomechanics is, but you use it in an active way in your program. Yes, yes. So basically, um, our program stems from the basic handle technique that was developed by Monty Foreman. And he was the first person to actually you know, video record a horse and then slow it down to see what was actually happening with the footfalls. So, you know, there are certain reasons why we post on different diagonals. You know, when the horse canters, there's a different way to balance at the canter. So what we try to teach riders is how to work with the biomechanics of the horse and how to use their own biomechanics 
And then once you get to a certain point in training, you can break off into a specific discipline and you'll have a lot more success, in my opinion, in your discipline since you understand just the basics and the biomechanics of riding. And I think it's interesting, too, when I was looking over your website, that you really do talk about those basics being good for English or Western. It doesn't matter. It, you know, when you're doing the fundamentals, yeah. the fundamentals are still the fundamentals. It, it's the same, exactly. And I'm excited to be able to show off my program, you know, with emphasis on gated horses this weekend, because I actually worked at a Humane Society horse rescue for about five years, and a lot of what came in were some gated horses, and a lot of them were broke to ride, but they had riding problems, like they would rear or they would have other little issues. And a lot of it was just, they didn't have good basics. Um, you know, they would come in with the bridle that was sold to the person who had the horse, and it would always be a big shank bit with, you know, all kinds of things going on. So it was hard for the horses to understand. So we just took everything back to the basics. And these horses all went right back out to great homes and, you know, never came back to the rescue. You know, we've talked a lot on this show about how it's usually the rider that has the problem and not the horse, but convincing, yes. <laughs> but convincing the rider of that is a different thing. How do you, how do you, how, I mean, you do clinics all over the place. I mean, yeah. there's just some riders that don't think they're doing anything wrong. How do you get a, that across in a clinic situation, or do you not even try? That hey, the problem here is not the horse. You know, no, that's a really good question. So I, I get a lot of folks that come to me and they say, you know, my horse does this or he does that, and all these things. And the first thing we kind of look at is the tack and the bridle. What is what you know? What are they using on the horse? We also look at hoof care, nutrition. Um, and then also their riding ability. And it usually boils down to the riding ability. And I've had maybe just one or two people come through my program that I couldn't quite convince that it was them. But we don't say, oh, you know, it's you causing all these problems. I just try to say, okay, you know, let's, let's troubleshoot through this. And, you know, let's say you're trying to turn left. And I notice that the rider is leaning into the left and making it difficult for the horse to turn. So then we just lighten it up and say, hey, why don't you try sitting off to the right and pushing with your right leg. And once you kind of have a little bit of breakthrough and they, they realize that they can do it and maybe it's a little bit them, I've had a lot of people have an attitude change about riding. So it is definitely up to the rider. If you have a horse that you're having trouble with, you need to seek out a professional and get some help. It's funny because my wife used to teach for years and years and years, and she used to come in at night and go, oh. and go. This one's never going to get it. I'm trying all all the. I'm <laughs> dancing around this the way I, every way I can. And then those yes, sometimes yes. she would just say, "Okay, you need to find a different trainer," because she realized that it, it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> it wasn't going to be there. Yes, no, it's true. Sometimes you just can't quite get through to the human, and that's okay. You got to move on. And you know, our goal, you know, as, as a trainer and an instructor. My job is just to do the best I can, and if I can't help, maybe they'll have better luck with somebody else. Tell us about your saddle line. I saw that uh, you're going to be sh you're going to be doing that this weekend yeah. at the Illinois Horse Fair as well, right? Highlighting those. Yes, yes, yeah. So we'll have a saddle booth that's called Sanders Flex Tree Saddlery. And as I was going through this long process of learning how to be a rider and a trainer and communicate with horses, you know, equipment is a big part of it. So as I started to become a better rider. I noticed that I didn't need, you know, you go to the tax store and you buy all these bits and you try all these things out. But as I became a better rider and had better feel as a trainer, I needed less and less and less equipment. And we also noticed that some of the stock type saddles or Western saddles 
really don't sit the rider in the proper position on the horse. So when you ride a horse, whether it's, you know, English or Western, you want to sit in what's called the rider's groove or as close to the rider's groove as possible. So when we were riding in our stock type saddles and Western saddles, you know, we noticed we were always just a little bit behind the motion of the horse. The stirrups are hung a little too far back. So we've just designed our own saddle. And then we've also got it to where it's flexible. So it fits most horses and it still gives you a lot of security. So stop by the booth, check us out. We're a new company, but we're really excited to show off our products. So, and you know what? I, I can see the endurance rider coming out in you because endurance riders, <laughs> I can, because endurance riders ha- think about that all the time. One, they think about oh, how can absolutely. I get my tack lighter, but two, they think about, okay, yeah. as I'm riding 100 miles today, my saddle's actually going to fit differently as I go. It's going That's to. That's because absolutely. it's utter hell. That you're <laughs> yeah, through, Jamie okay? tried Why endurance, she failed. <laughs> Uh, some of us are just a little crazy we don't i still have plans to go back to the tevis cup and win one day so yeah there's something about us endurance people (laughs) there is it takes a special breed to make that more comfortable and fit better because it's the worst (laughs) (laughs) so you are correct and i will point out that it is very comfortable for the rider as well we've spent probably about 40 years, two generations, me and my, my horse father trying to get like the perfect saddle where it fits the rider, fits the horse, puts you in balance. Because another thing with endurance riders is you also have to go up and down terrain, you know, in the Tevis cup, especially, you know, sometimes you'll want to trot up and down hills. And if you've ridden in a saddle, that's not in good balance, even if it only weighs six pounds, it's very difficult to go up and down hills sometimes. So we're we're excited to kind of get these new products out and see what people think about them. Sarah, I'm a carriage driver, not a rider. I think all saddles are uncomfortable. I don't oh. care what you say. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take my nice That's cushy true. seat on the carriage. Thank you very much. So another thing I tried and failed. <laughs> yeah, Jamie tried that, didn't do so well either. Yeah, you'll do it. You'll do a venting, oh. which you know, yeah. yeah. So it's safer. There you go. It's safer. Venting yeah, is safer okay. than driving. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so IllinoisHorseFair.com. It starts uh, this weekend, as we have mentioned over the last couple of days. So uh, give us a quick rundown on what clinics you're going to be doing and what you're talking about. Yes. So I'll be giving some demonstrations and some clinics on how to put a good foundation on your gated horse. And we actually have some riders that will be participating in my clinics. Um, and then I'll also be giving some talks about the Desert Bread Arabian horses. Um, and then also be sure to come because I just talked to Tony a couple days ago and he assured me that Barn 13 will be heated. All the buildings will be heated. So don't let the cold weather scare you. We're going to be nice and warm and toasty. Um, and then we're also going to be having the second annual fairground showdown youth speed challenge for kids 18 and under. So come check that out. They have three divisions. It's going to be so much fun to watch these up and coming kids. Then we're also going to have the uh, ranch rodeo on Saturday night. So that'll be really exciting. And of course, we're going to have tons of food, tons of warm food. So come check that out. Vendors, as far as the eye can see. And of course, I'm going to be there. Hannah Kaufman, barrel racer extraordinaire, will be there. Steve Lanfit, natural horsemanship, will be there, and so many other people. So check out the schedule online and please join us on Friday. I'll be there ready to meet everybody. 
All right. Great, Sarah. Appreciate it. And thank you for stopping by and have fun this weekend. Yes, thank you so much. It's IllinoisHorseFair.com. And if you want to look up uh, Sarah, you can find her on Facebook. Just search for Ride With Excellence. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you. Well, it's good it's heated. I think it's going to be chilly in Illinois. But you know what? She's doing gated horses. There are a ton of gated horses in, in Kentucky, Illinois, in the center part of the country there. Really? Well, when you go out trail riding, that's all they ride on is gated horses because they're so much smoother. <laughs> so, um, Do people do endurance on gated horses? Cause that occasionally. They do, they do have some that do endurance on gated horses. Uh, stamina is a big issue there, you know, because you're, you know, the Arabians were bred yeah. to go for a long time. Yeah, you remember the girl that I did my endurance rides with, Andrea, uh, the, the yeah, endurance in training Phoenix, with? Yeah, Phoenix, when you were there. Yep. In Phoenix, yeah. She just completed 100 miles on one of her Mustangs. 100 miles. And the other Mustang. one just, yeah, yeah, two mu- she has two Mustangs, and both of them just completed a 100 miler last weekend. <laughs> like, that's how, and then she's writing, she always did, like writes a race report and the, her Mustang for the first like 20 miles was just like ripping to go and like pulling the reins out of her hand. I'm like, that sounds awful. A <laughs> hundred <laughs> miles. This is not, you are not Hildago and you don't have anything to prove. <laughs> go through, and she's in the desert. I mean, it's like, you know, might as well be Viggo Mortensen running through the desert, running against Arabians on your Mustang. It seems romantic. It was great when it was the hot guy. I just think that <laughs> sounds just terrible. Until you get off and can't walk. So, uh, horselovers.com. Way to is- go, Andrea. <laughs> Love you. You're awesome. Horselovers.com is our title sponsor today, and they have a sale going on. If you have a birthday of your lady coming up, if you're a guy listening, or if you would just want to shop for yourself, then you might want to hop on over there because the number one name in jewelry in the Western world is having a up to 75% off sale, and that's Montana Silversmiths. So they have rings and earrings and bracelets, and all of you know about Montana Silversmiths. You've seen them at shows. It's beautiful stuff, and they have it up to 75% off. So I'm talking earrings that were normally $47.50 or $20. Uh, And the list just goes on and on. They have 11 pages of jewelry on sale. And one of the things you'd never see is that uh, she... They they never put jewelry on sale. You never see jewelry on sale. This is the first time I've ever seen it, actually, uh, especially Montana Silversmiths. So these must be closeouts or something that they got a hold of. So if you want something, that, and I, I haven't seen a price over $50 here yet, and for Montana stuff, that's a good deal. Right now at horselovers.com, check them out, Montana Silversmiths. Now, their sales don't last long, so go today and take a look. All right, it is time for something we do every Wednesday. It's time for the Horses in the Morning Horse Health Report. When our intrepid hosts, together with an unlucky member of the equine veterinary trade, attempt to inform, enlighten, or terrify horse owners everywhere into funding a Kickstarter campaign to mass-produce Kevlar-coated, bubble-wrap-lined equine products. Well, today is the inform category of that glenn not you mean i'm not going to be throwing up here over beside my desk today not like last week where we talked about worms we're going to (laughs) actually talk about ems and equine metabolic syndrome we've got dr molly McHugh. good morning dr McHugh, or is it dr molly what do we call you 
Either one is fine with me. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. I have to know where in the world you are right now. I am sitting in St. Paul, Minnesota, where we've got about two feet of snow on the ground. <laughs> That's why I like to ask that question. I just want to know what the, the outside looks like. And then you're a vet and you're like doing farm calls in that nightmare. Oh my gosh. No wonder you wanted to sit in the office and take this phone call. <laughs> we appreciate it. Well, hey, tell us a little bit about yourself and then tell us a little bit about First of all, just the definition of EMS. But start with you. All right. Well, I am a veterinarian, as you mentioned. I'm also a large animal internal medicine specialist, which means for my veterinary practice, I have worked here at the University of Minnesota in the clinic, um, seeing cases that are referred by veterinarians out in the field. So lucky for me, I'm not out in the heated, seat. heated, um, heated <laughs> is what I heard. Yep, yep. <laughs> heated, heated building exactly. Um, and so for most of my career as a veterinarian, that's been part of my job, seeing animals in the clinic. But the bigger part of my job has been doing research on equine disease. Um, right. And actually, two years ago, I stepped away from being a practicing veterinarian in the clinic to focus on research, to try to make a bigger impact um, mm -hmm. on keeping horses healthy. Yeah. So what you're kind of specializing in, from what I understand, is EMS. Talk about EMS, what it is, and then we'll get to the EDCs. Okay. Well, equine metabolic syndrome is um, exactly that. It's a syndrome. So some people talk about it as a disease, but when we say a syndrome, we mean it's a group of things that we see clinically in a horse. And so the big things that people recognize is these horses are fat, they're obese, that big crusty neck that horse people are familiar with. And then a lot of these horses end up getting laminitis. So those are the things that we see looking at the horse. The other sort of key feature metabolically um, that's abnormal in most of these horses is the hormone insulin tends to be really high. Um, sort of similar to people before they end up with type 2 diabetes, but horses rarely sort of tip over into the diabetes category. So Okay. That's in a so, nutshell. So, so, yeah. So, basically a precursor to diabetes if you were to take that and like make it humanize it. So um, when you've got, and I have a horse with EM, EMS, so I'm, I'm interested mm -hmm. to learn a little bit more about it. I adopted a Mustang and he's got that typical crusty neck and, you know, in the spring, uh, it took me a while to figure out why behaviorally he was acting up, but it turns out he's got a little bout of laminitis coming up every spring. So talk to us about some of the things you do see clinically and some of the things that just the basics of like horse care for an EMS horse. Yeah. So what we see clinically, oftentimes the history that you're describing, a horse that tends to have a little bit extra weight and in the spring starts to get about a laminitis when they have access to that lush sort of early grass growth in the spring, that's, really, that's a really classic story for a horse with metabolic syndrome. Um, so a, a little bit more about the syndrome and what we can do for them clinically it's sort of hard. There's been a lot of research looking at how do we control their diet? You know, what can we feed them? How can we make them better? We definitely know that weight loss is important for these horses. Um, as they lose weight, their metabolic disturbances sometimes get better and their laminitis risk decreases. 
But one of the interesting things that we've learned in our research is that um, diet may not be as important as genetics are the horse's genetics itself and in, in increasing their risk for metabolic syndrome. And that's a pretty big component that we have well, to think about. Well, that sucks. <laughs> that kind of takes it out of my control. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, so, well, so what it, are the, the genetics? Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. I was just saying that if you throw in the genetics of it, that means I can't control his food and control the, the laminitis. So what are you guys figuring out? Well, one thing is, is we would like to be in the position when it comes to the genetics of saying when these horses are really young that they're at risk. So before they ever have laminitis or they ever get fat, you can actually change the way you manage them. That would be the ultimate goal. Um, and one thing that we're working on. The other piece is we know we can control diet and we can control how much they exercise um, as owners. We sort of control that for our horse. Um, but there are other things that are in the environment that we probably can't control, and that's what our most recent study um, was about. So we looked at a big group of horses, over 600, and tried to figure out how important is diet, how important is genetics, how important is how much exercise they have. Mm -hmm. And we found that even when we sort of controlled their diet and exercise, there were certain farms where all the horses had a higher risk than other farms. Really? The question is, well, why, you know, why would that be the case? They've been, because I was there feeding the horses, apparently. Uh, I get accused of that all the time. Stop giving the horses treats, Glenn. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What we learned is that there were people who gave them too many treats. No, uh. that, that isn't, isn't actually what we found out. We had a hypothesis. We know when people struggle with obesity and metabolic syndrome, very similar to horses, that part of that's due to exposure to chemical pollutants in their environment. So what do I mean when I say chemical pollutants? Um, the one that most people have heard about is BPA and plastic water bottles. If you go to buy a water bottle it'll a lot of, and it's plastic, it'll say BPA-free. Mm -hmm. um, BPA is one of these organic pollutants. There's many of them, um, but horses are exposed to them through pesticides, um, through herbicides that are put on pastures, through plastics and this sort of thing. And what we know in people is the more you're exposed to these things, um, the higher your risk for developing metabolic syndrome, or at least there's a link there. And um, we recently demonstrated that there's likely a link there between exposure to these pollutants that sort of persist in the environment um, and horses that get metabolic syndrome. Wow. Okay. So how do we get these pollutants out of their environment? That's a really hard thing, um, and I think that's one of the struggles is we can't right now, if they're there, they're there. Um, there are certainly places, um, for example, in the U.S. where the um, Environmental Protection Agency has said this is a site that has a lot of these organic pollutants and we need to um, work on cleaning them out, up out of the site. They call it a Superfund site, um, but when you really look in the environment, it could be in the water. It can be in the soil and therefore in the plants that they they eat. And so it's almost, if it's on your farm, it's on your farm. But in some ways, having that information can be helpful. Okay, so would something, would it be good to like do a flush of those? You know, like how you can take different uh, things to like get the free radicals out of your body and stuff like that? 
Yeah, so it's a really good question, and we haven't figured out how to do that um, as far as getting them out of the body for the horse, but that that would be something to consider. Other things to consider is um, could you seed your pasture with a grass that doesn't tend to take them up out of the soil and things like that. So that's what people talk about, but that's kind of in the future of research and understanding how we really can manage it. Right now what we know is that it may be linked to a horse's risk, um, and when we're looking at a horse that could develop metabolic syndrome, um, it's one thing to consider. But it's early days. This is actually the first paper that describes um, sort of a disease or a clinical syndrome associated with organic pollutants in any animal species. Uh-huh. Um, so it's early days. We know it's important, but what exactly that's going to mean for us long term, we don't know yet. So what we still need to do now is soak the hay and keep them off the fresh grass and muzzle them and, and do all the main thing while we're waiting on you to figure all this out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Come yes, on. We gotta, you know, what we can do is try to exercise <laughs> them and keep them from getting fat and doing all the things that you just described. And I wish I could tell you the magic bullet to fix it. But um, yeah, it's going to take us a while. It took us about four years to do the work to demonstrate that these organic pollutants were important. So research, while it can be exciting, is sometimes a slow and painstaking process. Does it, do you, do you talk to people who are doing the same research when it comes to the human side? Do you compare notes? Yep, um, we have, and we certainly do. And when we did the study um, in the horse, when what we did was we um, took blood samples from these horses and had a lab in the Netherlands who basically all they do is this testing um, for these organic pollutants in um, the serum of people. They look for it in... Um, milk and other things that people consume, we said to them, we think it's in the horse. And they said, well, we're the world's expert in identifying them with this method. And they helped us figure out how to measure it in the horse's blood, which was pretty cool. Hmm. That's interesting. And it's neat that uh, you're all working together because ultimately it's for the good of everybody and including the animals, right? Well, then this must be true with cows and sheep and dogs and everything else. Yep, exactly. And when it comes to livestock, so cattle and sheep, sort of one of the things that we knew was that they can take up these organic pollutants um, when they're grazing pastures. It hadn't been shown in the horse and it hadn't been linked to disease. But when we originally proposed this study, we said, we know that grazing livestock can take up these chemicals. So we want to measure them in our horses and show if they're linked to the, the clinical syndrome that we see. Wow, this is amazing because I just moved from Arizona to Oklahoma and my horse every spring has had these flare-ups and I'm interested to see, I'll still do all the things that I regularly do, but I'll be interested to see if it's worse or not as bad because now I've moved to a bigger place. But but also you've moved to a place that's not as hot. I wonder if the heat of like Phoenix, does that kill, does heat affect those organisms? I guess not. Probably they're chemical. They're Yeah, they're chemicals. And one of the reasons that they're so bad is they persist in the environment. Once they're there, it takes years and years and decades for them to slowly degrade. It's like the afterlife the of radiation, is, right? Same, th- same thing. Right. Yeah. The half-life. Right. And the half-life. other problem is you consume them, and then they they get stored in fat. So basically... You consume them, and you store them in your fat, and you just accumulate more and more over your lifetime. 
All right. Remember at the beginning of the segment, I said it was that it was going to be the section to inform and enlighten. Um, and now I've changed it to Just now we need scare to scare the crap out of us again. <laughs> scare the hell out of us. It's crazy. It makes well, me want to lose weight, though. I want to lose fat now. I, I'm motivated and now. Fill your body with antioxidants to like cleanse the free radicals. You know what? Omega Alpha just got more money from me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always tell this story that when we came up with this hypothesis in the horse, I came into my office one Saturday and read a whole stack of research articles about these organic pollutants. And I went home and I thought, wow, it's really scary what they've shown they do in people. And I said to my husband, we're going to throw away all our Tupperware. And he looked at me like I was nuts. And I said, I just read a stack of papers 10 inches high that convinces me I don't want any of my food near plastic ever again. And I'm not one of those radical people about things like that, but the data out there is pretty scary about what they can do. (laughs) You're looking at it. So are horse water buckets and feed tubs EPA-free? Well, it probably depends on the one that you have, but it would be something to look at. Oh, my God. I just bought all new feed tubs. (laughs) (laughs) You got to go look at them. I know that uh, most of the things now that you see for humans, especially the water bottles and the, you know, the refillable water bottles, all it says it on it. But then again, I always wonder, uh, it says it, but is, is it really? You know, you always wonder that, you too. Don't right. microwave and, and BPA isn't the only pollutant. Yeah. Oh, well, I drink my water out of refillable glass water bottles. How's that? Oh, I'd be breaking those every two minutes. Are you kidding? <laughs> Most horse people shouldn't have glass. You know that. Well, exactly. That's a problem. You know, you're not going to get glass feed buckets for your horse. So that wouldn't really work. But uh... we're going to have to go back to the days of using buffalo skin to carry our water. <laughs> oh God! So much to be scared. As about long as those buffalo didn't. Yeah, they ate the grass, grass too. Oh, forget it. <laughs> Just drink from the hose. Now we're Just talking we're talking about plastic. How about rubber? Is rubber in the same ballpark? Um, you know, I don't know as um particularly it's mostly plastics and mostly mostly pesticides and herbicides. Um so pesticides that have been used um on plants, sometimes pesticides that are used in the environment. Those are probably the biggest sources for livestock. I just read a study, and this is just this super interesting that beer has been found to have Roundup in it, and 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 they say that Roundup From is now in everything, and just exactly. because of it's in like every beer has this Roundup spray, and the the chem, there's a chemical name I can't remember what it is, but they're saying that you know even the organic beers had it in there because there's such cross contamination of this spray uh, glycosphate because they grow called. the hops that are organic right beside the ones that are not so there yeah, you go so yeah. they're exactly yeah blowing right across exactly. so when in the world and then the other thing i read this is just i scare myself all the time um is that they're now now saying sea salt that you buy has plastic in it because there's so much plastic in the oceans that they're finding all the sea salt mm-hmm. has molecules of plastic. When are we going to ban glyphosate and when are we going to ban plastic? <laughs> well, I mean, that's one of the problems with the findings in this study is these pollutants are everywhere. And when you really start to read about it and understand it, it's pretty scary. 
So, all right. So this is interesting, though. We we talked about Omega Alpha, and uh, we have one of our hosts is Dr. Wendy Ying, who is a veterinarian, but also a traditional Chinese medicine uh, master or whatever her title is. But the Chinese have really talked about flushing and getting rid of pollutants even before they understood understood that this you know understood what they were. Um, it's it's right. just interesting to see the correlation there that the Chinese and Dr. Chang talks about it on our show all the time about doing the flushes to try and get rid of you know whatever uh, things are in toxins. there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it, it's always oh. interesting to me that they've had a they've had a handle on this without even knowing about it for de- for hundreds and thousands of years. Um, hmm. it's, they are just more stuff to scare you. You know what? It's it's all in you too. So you know, take care of your horse, but take care of you. But I'm going to be really pissed if like I have to leave now. I have to go to the gym. Um, I got some fat to work <laughs> off, so I'll be I'll see you guys. <laughs> You're good. Well, listen, Dr. Molly McHugh, thank you so much for coming on. We've really enjoyed this. I hope we can come back. I have you I have you back on again when you have some more updates. Keep us informed. We really appreciate it. Hey, Dr. Molly, if you come yeah, up with anything that's positive and upbeat, let us know, and we'll have you right yeah. back, okay? <laughs> Sounds good. All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks so much. Researchers like her, it must, it's got to be a, a satisfying job, but also kind of depressing in a way, right? I, I mean, think it's fascinating. She's in the midst of it, looking at horse stuff, and she won't use plastic anymore. I know, but she went home and, you know, and is so scared by doing all this research, she's like scaring her husband to death. And so it's got to yeah. be kind of like, ugh. <laughs> God, the more you know, the more, the more know. scared you can be. But yeah, I just read the thing about salt and the beer and just like. Okay, so well, well, let me ask you a question. Have you given up on your beer? I didn't think so. All right. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? As funny as I started buying organic beer because it's really, really. Do they make organic beer? They make organic beer. And guess what was on the list? The damn organic beer that I bought. And wine. All your wines have pesticides in them, too. Well, yeah, so because just, that's the only way they yeah. get the grapes not to be eaten to death by bugs. Okay, so what we're going to do, we're all going to move to Antarctica and live on a giant rock of snow. And just that's what we're going to have to do. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know what else to do. Unless you can learn how to make beer out of snow, you're going to be hard up in Antarctica. Yeah, just no, saying. I just... Yeah. Jebby, are you giving up beer now after you've heard all this? I didn't think so. Not a chance. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's do a song today. I think I have an appropriate one after this guest. And then we're going to come back. We have a study show. We also have to hear about some more things about Oklahoma because Jamie just can't let it go. So we're going to hear some more things. (laughs) Uh, Uh, It just comes to me, Glenn. (laughs) I have nothing to do with it. Right after this word from Ovation, we're going to hear Jared Rogerson singing his song called Dirt. I thought that was appropriate for today. Horse people know that they can count on Ovation's value, quality, and style when it comes to hard-wearing schooling attire, affordable show gear for horse and rider, or top-of-the-line equipment for riders at every level. From breeches to bridle work, saddles to stock ties, helmets to half chaps, Ovation is the premier brand of riding apparel and equipment for you and your horse in the United States, outfitting riders at every level from head to toe. Ask for Ovation brand riding helmets, breeches, and footwear at your local tax store. Or go online to OvationRiding.com and see the fantastic variety of quality, fashion-forward, affordable products from Ovation. 
OvationWriting.com. land's made of work is what this ranch is made of no amount of money can buy no amount of money can buy hurt is what them colts put on me curse is my response immediately and sometimes i don't know why no amount of money can buy it's a hard hard life But we got what we came for And there is no one reason why No amount of money can buy this dirt Flirt is what she does with me And it works, she's got a good hold on me And no amount of money can buy No amount of money can buy Give them off our backs, I'm sure Cause out here we do it like that There's a feeling that you can't deny It's something no amount of money can buy It's a hard, hard life But we got what we came for And there is no one reason why No amount of money can buy this dirt Where the best roads lead Dirt, it's how I know I'm really free And I wouldn't trade this way of life for anything It's a hard, hard life But we got what we came for And every day is a miracle Like the green, green grass that grows up out of It's a hard, hard life But we got what we came for And there is no one reason why No amount of money can buy There's no amount of money that can buy This dirt Dirt You can't afford this dirt That was Jared Rogerson. You're never going to look at dirt the same way again after that interview. So you can find all of his music at jaredrogerson.com. Speaking of dirt, Oklahoma's known for it. So uh, what's going on in Oklahoma? Oh, my gosh. There's just some things that they did not tell me <laughs> when I was going to move here. Can I, before and- you start, though, I have to tell you something. I did hear from a listener um, who lives in Oklahoma. And this is true okay. story. Yeah, other people live here. It's yes. weird. And uh, they're, they're taking a little insult that you're finding so many things wrong with Oklahoma. 
I'm not finding things wrong. I'm celebrating the uniqueness. <laughs> there you go. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> it's a spin. <laughs> Is somebody really mad at me? They're not mad at you, no. They they said they live in a different part of Oklahoma, in northern Oklahoma, and they did clarify that northern Oklahoma is completely different than where you live. So, <laughs> yeah, and that's the classy part of Oklahoma. <laughs> it's up north. It's funny. Is that true? I don't know anything about Oklahoma, so I don't know. I think the northeast it, part of Oklahoma is like a different world. Is it like hills and at. stuff? Is it getting mountainy up yeah. there? Yeah. It's it's apparently the eastern half of Oklahoma is really pretty and the western half sucks. And I'm kind of right in the middle, like which is why there's so many tornadoes here. It was like the middle of the country meets and that's where all the wind swirls around. That's why it sucks. <laughs> Have you been in the basement yet, by the way? The, the... I'm not going in that thing, okay? <laughs> all right, go ahead. I'm out. sorry. Uh, so the things that uh, nobody... What he told is that, you know, I have this great barn now, which thank God, because we had freezing rain last night, freezing rain. What? Like, like rain isn't bad enough. You got to freeze it. It's got to be nice, though, putting your horses in a barn for the first time in like 12 years. It's so nice. But here's what they didn't tell you. When you turn your horses out in the morning, they're going to gallop around like lunatics because they don't need blankets when they're in the barn. Guess what I was doing this morning? Blanketing horses in the complete 20-acre pasture that are cold and frisky (laughs) have been cooped up. You know how hard it is to chase down a two-year-old with a blanket in a 20-acre field? You want to know I was late this morning? That's why. And then here's the other thing they didn't tell you. That when you go out to with the blankets in your hand and to because you let the horses out before blanketing them like an idiot, uh, that when you go to unclip the gate, you can't unclip the gate because it's frozen. Clips freeze. Yeah, well, they, yeah, that is something you do learn. Yes, I, I don't miss <laughs> I frozen like, clips. What am I, how do I get out? I was like kicking, he's like a ninja kicking the gate clip. <laughs> I mean, I was doing all sorts of stuff to try to, oh my God. And then the other oh. thing is that uh, when you go to take your kid to school and you know you don't have yourself a peepo uh you 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 know you're trying to get you get the 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 heat turned on in the car and then the the to get the window melted you know and you get impatient and if you turn on your windshield wipers and it scrapes across the ice it doesn't actually push the ice away it just scrapes across it and it further forever renders them useless. You realize that 99% of the audience already knew all this stuff, right? I, I've lived in Arizona for 10 years and in Atlanta before that, okay? I lived up north for one winter and I moved because y'all are crazy. Why would you live there? But I didn't really, de- I lived on the farm I worked at, so I didn't have to drive to work. I just, I didn't know all this stuff. And w- here's the thing, is all y'all listening going, obviously, you should have told me. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me? <laughs> no, the one that should have told you was your husband. And I noticed he didn't tell you either. He told me nothing. <laughs> he told me nothing. You know, uh, so then I get on the, the internet in the morning and I'm I'm trying like use internet from the sky because I have no internet in my house. And I find the Norman News. There's a, a Norman transcript. Is a, There's like three different Norman newspapers. Why? There's 100,000 people that live here. Why do we need three papers? Anyway, so I'm perusing the Norman News, which is gathered on Facebook. And um, 
I, I found two stories interesting. There is a a proposal being put through the Norman government or whatever uh, that is the cats at large proposal. I was like, well, this sounds interesting. So I click it and, you know, it's really uh, great. They're trying to, you know, pr promote uh, spay and neuter and uh, putting the little microchips in them. And I get that and I love it. And then the second proposal is that if a cat is outside, it must be leashed. <laughs> yeah, like, that goes well for most cats. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Do you have you ever been around a cat? <laughs> one in one billion people are like, oh man, my cat can go on a leash. Let Nobody me tell you what cats. our cats did when we tried to put them on leashes. They laid down and wouldn't move ever. Or they attack your face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you have to, to take your cat outside. It has to All be the barn leash. cats that are doing their duty out there killing mice are going to be really unhappy about those leashes, oh, I got to no, say. They, they are proposing uh, a different thing for barn cats. Oh. Uh, there's, there's a barn cat program that they've started here, I guess. I don't know. I read about that, too. But this is just this is just your pet cat. Okay. You, is there, okay. How do you tell the difference, by the way, if they're out running around? <laughs> I, don't I, I don't know. And you this, get little brands I, on them that has a B for barn cat? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. The the other thing that I found in the paper is tonight um, on the news, they are running the Wheel of Justice. And let me tell you what the Wheel of Justice is. Remember, this is Norman, Oklahoma City, I think, news. This is in the Norman paper. But they made they said to watch the news tonight because it's time again for the Wheel of Justice. And that is Oklahoma's most wanted and what they do is they put seven pictures seven um what is it when you get arrested and they take your photo uh, the mugshot yep mugshot they put seven mugshots on a wheel and they spin the wheel and whoever they land on they highlight in the news <laughs> <laughs> how about if you're one of those guys sitting at home watching the wheel of justice going not my picture not my picture not my picture <laughs> what is this just tell me who they all are and I'll be on the lookout. No, we have to make it a game. We're going to make it a game to highlight one of Oklahoma's most wanted. When, I, when I, you said Wheel of Justice, I thought you were going to be, okay, now this guy is up for burglary and we're going to spin the wheel to see how many years he gets. No, it's it's like we're just going to we're gonna put their mugshots on a wheel and spin it like the price is right, okay? And if it lands on you, sorry, we're outing you, Okay. <laughs> Like what? That's on the news. Norman news here for you, people. Um, and then one more. The next, the next thing, the last thing is that I um, remember the Gitchy Just a Peepo guy, and he was like, <laughs> "Yes, you want to remind the people what that actually means." Okay, so I was I, I couldn't drive. My windshield was frozen. I didn't have an ice scraper at that time. And he comes over, and I'm like in a hurry to get Lucas to school. And he he's telling his little guy that where they work for the some electrician, and he's like goes and tells his guy because I'm in a hurry. He's like, "Get you just a peepo," and I was like, "Well, I I and the other guy understood it, and he made me just a tiny little peephole. So get you just a peepo means just. Get yourself just a little peep hole to see through the ice. Which in the is windshield. Yes. <laughs> yeah, in the windshield. Not a safe way to drive. No, not really. And kind of illegal, so, actually. 
the same guy is at my house uh, because I don't have any lights in the barn. They haven't finished the electricity. And so I call the electrician. I'm like, I need you guys. I have got a mare that's going to deliver here. I can't deliver a horse with a flashlight. I need a light in my barn. No problem, ma'am. We'll get out to you. So the guy comes out and it's the people guy. And I am so excited. I'm following him around. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, give so you me. have your phone out ready to hit record. Oh yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready. To, I just, I'm like, give me a pen. I need a pen. So he says to me, I'm talking about needing the lights for the foal. He's like, you all have baby. I said, yes, sir. You know, we got a, a foal, the mare that's due in a week. You can do it yourself. Well, I mean, She's going to do it. I'm just going to be here to help in case of emergency, you know, and he goes, <laughs> you got come on chains. What? I said, and then I actually, now I'm adopting this. I said, do what? <laughs> and he's like, you got come on chains. I was like, I'm sorry. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm new here. <laughs> I don't know what you just said. You got, you come along in chains. Oh. <laughs> You can hook chains to the baby and pull them out with your come along, tie it to the wall. <laughs> he explained that his diddy has cows, and sometimes he goes, them hips get so daggone big that you got to hook a come along up and put the chains and pull it out. I was like, oh, my God, poor cows. Okay, so a come along and chains. That is what he's asking me if I have to deliver the Marin fold, the fold that's inside the bar. And I said, here's the deal. If I need to come along in chains, everything's dead. <laughs> There's no, we don't do that with horses. Oh my God. Please tell me you don't have any horses. <laughs> I did help. You'll be amazed. I did help. I, I did help pull a baby out of uh, once. I did do that with Jennifer. We we had a baby that was stuck and we we I helped. I had a leg. I'm gonna let you know that I did that without passing out or anything. Pulled with the contractions, and you did everything right, and everybody lived, right? Everybody lived. The baby was fine. Wouldn't nurse for a long time. We had to figure that out, too. This baby was trouble from the time we got it. By the way, it ended up being trouble all the way along. So I think that, I don't know. I think sometimes they're just born that way. But, yeah. But I helped. Aren't you proud of me? No, uh, because you didn't do it right, because you didn't get to come along change. Come on, Jane. You just hook it up and pull the baby out. You know, he was running these Charlay's bulls, and see what happened was that he, the, the bulls just, keep, they were too big, and they were too big, and he they kept breeding the, the cows, and then the, the babies were too big, and we had to pull them all out with come along chains, and then we just decided we're just not going to use a kind of bull no more. <laughs> this is an actual conversation I had with somebody in my barn. You're welcome. <laughs> Jimmy, are you there? Are you still with us? She quit. She quit. She's she's out. She doesn't want to. She doesn't want to play our game. I don't know. I, sorry, I couldn't take myself off mute. My. <laughs> Why can't I? I can't click the button. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have a study show, and you guys are both going to play. And I have oh, some really? unusual ones here. So what study show is, is I look at the news over the past month, and I type in study show into Google, and this brings up all of the studies that we have wasted money on because we already know the answers to. Do so, you put them up on the wheel of justice? <laughs> I do. I was going to spin them. That's correct. And I got some good ones here for you, and I have one I have one for Jamie and one for Jemmy that are both going to make you feel real good about yourselves. Okay, <laughs> so studies show that food waste, 
I was actually surprised at this. Studies show that food waste can cost over how many dollars per household per year? In other words, how many dollars do you waste in food a year per household? 600. Gosh, I would say way more than that, unfortunately. I think probably a couple grand. Ding, 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 ding. Jimmy, (laughs) $2,000. That is correct. (laughs) Wow, you nailed it. Right on. Now, for the record, not in my house because I eat all the crumbs, but (laughs) (laughs) single mom, she eats all the food. I think that's (laughs) different for single moms. I sniff around my kid's dinner plate when he's done. What aren't you eating? What aren't you eating? (laughs) I got it. I got it. I'll take it. I'll take it. (laughs) All right. This one's interesting. So, Jamie, are you the oldest, youngest, middle what? Well, my I have a brother that's two years older, and I have a brother that's ten minutes younger. So you're in the middle, <laughs> technically. So I'm technically the middle, I and, guess. And Jamie, what are or Jamie? What are you? I'm the youngest you're by the youngest. three and a half years. Okay, yeah, but there's only two, right? Yes. Okay. So now this study showed that the oldest sibling is blank, and the second born siblings are blank. I mean, obviously, the first born <laughs> boring. <laughs> <laughs> boring. <laughs> Second border. Fabulous. I am going to agree. Uh, you would be wrong. So the oldest sibling is the smartest. The s- All right, I'd like to go ahead and disagree with you on that. <laughs> the second born are I'd the are the troublemakers of the family. All right, well, I can't I can say this because this is clearly true. I'll be admitting it because I'm clearly a troublemaker. I think we've all gotten a sense of that, even though I refuse to share any of my really juicy stories. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. You just found this out the other day, Glenn. I told you where my brother went to college. Any guesses, Jamie? Yeah. I was surprised. I couldn't guess. <laughs> Harvard. <laughs> so I guess this is true. Another this study. Harvard. <laughs> it's mostly true. <laughs> and I think that second born applies to Jamie too as troublemaker. I think that kind of fits for both of you. I think they nailed that study on the head. You don't see either one of us in a desk job, okay? So there you go. <laughs> okay, true. the best type study show that the best type of exercise to burn fat is. Put the fork down. <laughs> actually, I'm going to give you that. Ding, ding, ding. It's any kind of exercise. I actually read the article because I had to see. It's any down. kind of exercise. <laughs> so, Wait, so then right. does fighting to get a leash on your cat count? Yeah, that would count. <laughs> you're going to lose fat because they're going to rip it off of you. Is what? All right. Study show. You're going to love this one. I, I, wait, let me go back to the Oklahoma life here. Remember, one of the first things I told you about moving here to Oklahoma is I heard a commercial on the radio and it's a physical challenge that the government uh, Norman is asking its people to do or Oklahoma residents to do and that is the challenge of moving for 30 minutes a day <laughs> move that's a challenge for, for everybody in day. every state though I don't think that's that's unique <laughs> to Oklahoma and they made a they made an awareness campaign of it <laughs> so money was spent Studies and, show wow. that exercise is bad. <laughs> studies show that cold weather could raise blood pressure, mm. heating costs. <laughs> well, that's true too. I think I think that's pretty obvious. Uh, but J- J- Jamie's right on this one: health risks, including stroke. Now, 
I, I think I heart attacks are in there, that. too. <laughs> I, I was just angry. That's why my blood <laughs> I think, you know, shoveling the feet of snow people are having is a health risk. Yes, I do. But you agree. get exercise. You do get exercise <laughs> if you live long enough to do it. <laughs> Snap kicking a clip on a gate because it won't open is exercise. And, See what I did there? And we used to <laughs> run in the house. I, I used to, you know what you use? WD-40 actually melts it, by the way. Uh, but then your your clip is slippery as hell. Yeah, so. and then aren't you putting chem? Isn't that the whole putting chemicals into the ground thing? <laughs> and then you got your whole EMS to worry about. Come on, Glenn, have you been paying attention? Studies show. <laughs> studies studies show that blank is healthier than cereal for breakfast. You're gonna love this one. Oh God! <laughs> Ooh, yogurt. Bananas? I don't know. Okay, you're both Fruit? thinking you're both thinking too healthy here. Uh, studies show that pizza is healthier than cereal for breakfast. Come on. Thank now. God, because I had some leftovers here in the morning <laughs> and I felt slightly guilty about it. Now I do. Apparently you don't have to. You know, if you think about it, it has less sugar probably, right? It has <laughs> it, it has tomatoes. Um, and if you put veggies on it, it has veggies. So yeah, probably and if is you there. eat it cold, like I did, you don't get the radiation from the microwave. There Winning. you go. That's, that's perfect. <laughs> Jemmy, this one's for you. You're going to love this one because it makes you kind of unique. <laughs> I need help. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Studies show that only four in 471 blank are women of color. Uh, podcasters. <laughs> You're close. You're close. It's actually producers of TV, of all kinds of producers. And, Jimmy, you're a producer. Well, look at that. You're I'm one. rocking and rolling, representing. Yes, you're so one. Now they in... change the study to five out of four. That's there right. you go. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and we I have, I feel privileged that we have one of those, one in 471 here working on our show. Working for one of the most successful Successful. podcasters on planet Earth. Earth. You got it right. Throw it in one more time. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Jamie, this one's for you. Studies show that wine makes you better at. Oh, God. Wine makes me better at everything. (laughs) You can only imagine where my mind went. (laughs) Yeah, I I was thinking that, but I'm like, you know what? I'm always the dirty one, so I'm going to not be dirty. Well, you're going to wish you did because the answer is sex. <laughs> it was too obvious. Somebody spent money on that? Yes. What a waste of money. Apparently. I know I'm better at sex when I'm drunk. Come on! <laughs> Study show. Did I speaking say that of... out loud? Yes, okay. you did. Yes, you did. I'm going to check with uh, Chad on that one. <laughs> Text him later. Um, studies show if you have a grumpy cat, it could be... The leash is too tight. <laughs> I can't do any better than that. <laughs> it could be your fault. Apparently, if your cat's grumpy, it's your fault. Now, I've owned some cats that came grumpy. I'm sorry. They were just grumpy cats. I don't buy that study at all. Um, you're, uh, J- J- Jemmy's going to love this one. New study shows that there's no link. By the way, this goes completely against... Every study that we've had about this in the last nine years. New studies show that there is no link between violent video games and... Uh, Violence in adolescence. That's true. That's what the studies show. 
Oh, and okay. uh, but I swear we've had this study the other way about eighty-five times. <laughs> so, so I'm not sure. Believe what you want to. Lucas was not allowed to play video games where you shoot people with guns because I think it's all about. That's why people shoot up schools. Is these real life things? Well, this study says that youth. you're wearing for nothing. You need to let him get to you know some Call of Duty out there. All I know is I played Duck Hunt. Like nobody's business when I was a kid, and I'm fine. Well, I mean, that's our Well, yeah, that is an offense. <laughs> no, I don't, Duck Hunt. <laughs> Let's do a study and see if she's fine. Uh, st- studies show moms who have many kids, dot, 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 utterly insane, are more likely to be, yeah, exactly, are more likely to be incapacitated. <laughs> Need to learn about birth control. <laughs> And we're talking to Are two moms who to have be one. Wine <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Before and after. <laughs> Before and after. Studies show that moms of many kids live longer. And I actually had to read that because, you know, my mom had four kids. Um, and, you know, she died in early 70s, so she didn't live longer. But um, uh, it, I don't know. It had this long explanation, and I got bored, so I didn't finish it. <laughs> so. Uh, studies show long explanations bored. Yeah, they bore the heck out of me. All right, couple more. Studies show that women who drink diet sodas have. I have too many like knowledgeable comments about things like this. So, well, give me one of your knowledgeable comments, and you'll be right. Higher risk of breast cancer, thyroid problems, Hi- higher risk of all health. Basically, higher stroke, Uh-oh. higher heart attacks, <laughs> higher general. everything. If you drink a lot of diet soda, you're going to die. Here's uh, a study: smoking is bad for you. Wow. Thanks for spending money on that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, two more, and these involve horses, people. Oh, thank God. Studies show that women who own horses live how many more years longer than those that don't? It was like seven. I think I read this study. Oh, my God. Am I going to have to? Guess. Just take a guess. Pick a number. Kids or get a horse. <laughs> oh, Jimmy, you were breaking up. I don't think we heard your answer. Oh, it's okay. No, I... I, I didn't hear you guys either, so just carry on. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> All right. So studies show that women who own horses live 15 years longer than those yeah. who don't. Oh, uh, I have to go get a horse now? <laughs> no. Jimmy, we just found out you can just make more babies. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, first oh, I have no. to get wine and then a man. <laughs> <laughs> And wine makes you, I mean, geez, it's all tying together, Glenn. A, Thank I you. A, suddenly have a very long to-do list, Glenn. Thanks a lot. <laughs> it all sounds really fun, though, except for the making more And fun. wine probably helps you get a man, too, so there's that. Uh, exactly. <laughs> That's why I listed it first. <laughs> Studies show a good, and this so applies to horsewomen everywhere. Studies show a good portion of people love blank more than their partner. Oh, sleep or chocolate or, yeah, dogs. (laughs) Uh, What's yours, Jamie? Pets. It's not kids. No, that's correct. It is their pet. They love their pet. And it was like 60%. Wow. Uh, now, in horse people, horse women, it's 99.9% love their horses more than their partner. I think we're pretty yeah. clear on that. So <laughs> we could do that study with horse people. And uh, you know what? We should get a grant. You know, about 100 grand. We don't even have to do the study. We can just declare it 99.9%. Take the money. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Well, there you go. There's your study show for February. You guys did all right on that one. Did pretty Yay. good. Yeah. We, uh, you know what? Not that we did all right. We learned. Today we were. What did you learn today, Jamie? 
I learned today that I need to drink more wine to have better sex and have more horses because they keep me happy. Is that? Is I that think it? Chad would have gotten something else out of that whole thing, but you know, whatever. <laughs> I more learned... horses, more wine, more sex. What is the question here, <laughs> Jemmy? What'd you learn? I learned that anything counts as exercise, and that can include um, moving my arm up and down to eat pizza for breakfast. Yay! <laughs> you take what you need, my friend. And that you are unique. Week, you know what I learned? I learned what? that you're unique, Jemmy. You're one in 471. Look at and you. And you're damn lucky to have me. That's right. That's what we learned. She needs a raise. <laughs> Speaking of which, Jemmy. Tell everybody what you do for a living and how they can get a hold of you. Oh, goodness. I do a lot. But I think you're specifically talking about Flintstone Media. Yes. So I have a website and podcast production company. So I do, I build websites for people, um, redesign websites for people, fix people's websites, all that kind of fun stuff um, that people don't want to deal with. And then I also do, of course, podcast production um, like I'm doing right now. So people can go to FlintstoneMedia.com and see my portfolio and all the fun stuff and then just reach out to me. And we've had some listeners reach out to you, which is really cool. Yes. Go to on-target-training.com, which is Shauna Karish's website. I built that. And there's uh, some other ones in there. You you're going to build mine. Out. It's just I can't take pictures of this mud pit that I live in right now. I know. So you're waiting is... for like green and flowers and some pretty yes. things. <laughs> exactly. It'll be the two years from now when the grass <laughs> finally starts to grow. Morning weather report you gave us. Yeah. <laughs> be a while. You know what? Maybe you can make a... Um, Make a website for me, and we'll put pictures of farms in Wellington. Okay, there we go. <laughs> yeah, there that's we go. Right. You can, she can Photoshop the palm trees out and just leave the green Perfect. grass. Yeah, yeah. That'll, that'll be good. It's flyover farms. We just don't specify what we're flying over. <laughs> <laughs> it's a farm we flew over in Kentucky, but whatever. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, I threw it out to the universe. Remember Monday we were talking about the new Thoroughbred show, by the way? Uh, episode two is out. It retired Racehorse Radio. Go take a listen. But I, I said we need to do one about... About Mustangs. Well, I had several emails from people interested in a Mustang show, so I need to go through those with you too. Um, but yeah, I had several people interested in taking a look at doing a Mustang show. Cool. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> we appreciate that and appreciate your emails. You just have to throw it out there. One other thing if you're in Kentucky, this is the time of year. There are times, and Jamie and I both go through this. We, we lived in Kentucky for a long time. Jamie did, too. God, there's things to do there that you can't do anywhere else in, in Lexington. But coming up uh, in March 9th and 10th, they're having the Kentucky Thoroughbred Farms free tours offer. So there's a bunch of farms, including Adina Springs, Claiborne, Coolmore, uh, Godolphin, Darley, Haggard Medical, just on and on and on. There's a bunch of them that you can go tour for free over those two days. I know they they a couple of them did this when we were there, and it was so neat to go out and see these farms because they're just beautiful. And they also show you the stallions. It's kind of cool. But they're limited to capacity, and you can only pick four spots per household. And you have to reserve in advance. So if you're in that area and you want to go do some farm tours, you have to go on their website. It's meet the neighbor Scott. Meet the neighbors ky.com like meet the neighbors kentucky.com meet the neighbors ky.com and you reserve your four spots and then you can go out and uh, have fun running around checking out the really cool farms tailormade's in there windstar i always wanted to see windstar i've driven by windstar but i never got to see inside windstar that must be incredible 
So, yep, check out all of that and uh, have fun, all of you people who live in Kentucky. Does that make you a little jealous? Lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they didn't do tours back then when I lived there. So it's a, it's a cool thing that That's they're bringing people in. That's been a change in the last 10 years. That really yeah. has. They wouldn't open it up for anybody. It was all mm-hmm. like top secret hush hush. But I think they realize they have to. Uh, yeah. And when you look at this list of farms, it's it's almost every one of the big ones that's, that's there in Kentucky. So Very cool. Very, Very cool. cool. Well, hey, everybody, thank you for joining us. I hope you've had a, a fun time this Wednesday. I know we have. Uh, now I need to go and uh, protect my horses from everything. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow is the grooming episode. So tune in for that uh, live and Jennifer are doing that one. So they'll be here tomorrow. Also, get your... I got a prize, by the way. So get your entries in for really bad ads. Send them to Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com before Friday, and we'll include them in Friday's show. But I have a prize. We're going to have to send it for a couple of weeks. Uh, But you're going to like this prize. It's really good. So that's coming up on Friday. All right, perfect. Spade, neuter, and geld. Have a good one. Bye, guys. Bye, Jimmy. Bye.